All right, Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 17 say this, "...giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature." For by him are all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Let's pray again, please. Father, again, Lord, we just uh, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for each one that's uh, faithful to be here tonight, faithful to listen in. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us, Lord, as uh, uh, we look at another thought from the Word of God. And Lord, we're so glad that we have the Word of God. Again, we pray for the spiritual needs, the physical needs, the financial needs, Lord, uh, needs in the home and heart. Uh, God, please, Lord, we just uh, uh, surrender and yield ourselves to you and cast everything upon you. And Lord, we're so glad that you love us and care for us. Uh, dear God, and we want to work innocent through us. So God, help each one, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, question, question. All right, uh, what if, uh, you think about this for a minute. What two doctrines or teachings, what two doctrines or teachings would you say one must understand or know first, or would you think, you know, put at the top of the list of things that uh, people need to know if you were talking to them or wanting to explain something to them or, 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 or teach them in, 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 uh, in, in all the many things in the Word of God, if you could narrow it down to maybe two doctrines or two thoughts, uh, what two might you choose? Somebody want to take that challenge? <laughs> no, this isn't a trick question. It's just, hey, you know, uh, I may, might think one thing, might think something else. Anybody have a thought on that? Yes. Okay. All right. Sin and Savior right there. Anybody else? Yes, Dr. Wood. Yes. Okay. Right. Yes, and that's one. After that's... Oh, just one. Okay. So they can know who Jesus is. They just don't need to know what they need. Okay, that's fine. All right, that's fine. I said two. Just mess with it. I said two. That's fine. So anybody else real quick? Two. Yes, sir. Who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us and through us. All right. That only counts as one because I still can play two. I'm going with David. All right. Anybody else? One, one more. Yes. All right. The power of the resurrection. Oh, Yes. Okay. All right. All right. We'll try one more. I know I said one more, but one more after one more. Yes, sorry. Holiness of God. Oh, good, good. All right. And uh, I appreciate that. And that <clears throat> glad you're uh, thinking along those lines. <clears throat> but the two I got down here are, which goes right along with what was said, man's departure from God, right? Man's departure from God, and then God's deliverance of man. Right? Man's departure from God or God's deliverance of man. Or we could say it this way ruin and redemption. <laughs> ruin, man's ruin, and the redemption that God offers. And I think the Bible, if you were going to summarize it, if you could only summarize the Word of God in two points, that would be it ruin and 
uh, redemption, right? And so uh, last week we talked about the doctrine of regeneration. So I want to talk about another doctrine tonight, right, of redemption, redemption. And so we see here in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption speaks of what? Of course, the deliverance of man, right? Of course, uh, we talked at regeneration, the part of being born again. But uh, here as we look at redemption and talking about deliverance of man from what? From the guilt, right? The government, the penalty, and the presence of sin. Amen. One day, whoo, ready to blow this popcorn stand. And uh, we get out of here. Right. And so it talks about that. So we could say it uh, this way. Redemption. Well, of course, we focus on salvation. Redemption is the heart of salvation. So a few thoughts on this doctrine. Of course, uh, when you uh, study it in the word of God, there are several words uh, that are translated uh, uh, redemption or or redeemed. And uh, uh, so just to give a few of those, of course, uh, it means uh, to buy, right? It means to buy. And you see that all through the Word of God, 1 Corinthians 6, 20. We know this, for ye are what? Ye are bought with a price. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And I'm glad, you know, because it says in your body and in your spirit. Important. Because a lot of people think you only have to glorify God in your spirit. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, outward appearance, all the body, all that stuff that matter. No, it, it, it all works together. Amen. And uh, uh, so in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He be, you, know, you belong. You know, now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. You know, a lot of times when I when I give my uh, uh, testimony and I say, well, you know, I've been here and I've been there and now I'm in Greenville and all that stuff. And and I, you know, I say, say, listen, it doesn't matter to me where God puts me. God has a right to do what he wants with that which is his. God has a right to do what he wants with that which is his. So uh, I'm his. Amen. He bought me. And so he has a right to do what he wants with my life. And I trust him with those decisions. Right. Being human, being weak. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm weak. I'm, I admit that. Right. I don't always get it right. But at the end of the day, okay, our Lord, uh, no way made that decision, but we're going to go with it, amen? And so every time uh, we said uh, we felt like the Lord's will, we made that decision, we look back and we say, yep, 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 he, yep no doubt that was his will, and that's what we want. So, of course, Revelation 5, 9, I love this verse, and they sung a new song. Boy, you know one thing, I can't wait to sing that new song. You know why? Because then I'll be able to sing, amen? That one's in heaven, <laughs> finally, you know? Finally, I'll be able to sing a new song and I'll have a new voice to sing it with. Hallelujah. Singing, thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, but hast redeemed us to God. Amen. We were redeemed to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's not just that it was every nation, but we know in many nations, there are very many, there's a lot of different types of people. I mean, you ever think, look at India, how many different uh, dialects and languages and peoples there are in India and even in small countries. I mean, I was in a, a Bulgaria, a small country, you know, seven, eight million people. And there were different types of people within that country with different languages and stuff. 
And yet, you know, God said, hey, there's going to be somebody uh, uh, from every one of those groups and, and, uh, and dialects. That's an amazing thing. So it means to buy, and then it goes to a step further. It also means to buy out of, to buy out of. So not just to buy, but to buy out of something. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law or out of the curse of the law, right? He redeemed us out of some things, right? He bought us out of some things, being made a curse for us. So uh, uh, if you, if you uh, study a couple of those words translated redeemed, the root word actually means marketplace, it means marketplace, which, of course, that's the picture that God wants you to get when you think about redemption. You're being what? You're being purchased at or out of the marketplace, right? The marketplace of sin. Isaiah 52.3 says this, For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves, right? We were sold into sin. We, we have sold yourselves for naught. And ye shall be redeemed without money. <laughs> and that a wonderful thought, ye shall be redeemed without money. I like this Deuteronomy 78, of course, using Israel as the picture. But because the Lord loved you. What a wonderful verse this is. Because the Lord loved you. Why did he do all that? Because the Lord loved you. Amen. Because the Lord loved you. And because he would keep the oath. Amen. Listen, he's not going to change uh, 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 the fact that he loves you. He's not going to change the fact that he keeps his promises. And he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. Hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen. We get that picture, of course, we know when we think of Israel. That's why it's fun to study the Old Testament, because we know as God often how God dealt with nation, the, the nation of uh, Israel, right? We can see that uh, how he dealt with that nation and see how he deals with us as an individual, right? He, he, he bought the house of Jacob, right? Out of bondage. And he bought you out of bondage, me out of bondage from sin, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, which, amen. Now, okay, there you go, uh, Brother Wood, right there, because we know Pharaoh is a type of Satan, the king of the world, right? So we know he's called the prince, but right there, king, right? We got him, David, right? We got him right there. King of Egypt, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, right? A type of uh, uh, the devil. He's the prince of this world. And so he came to buy and he came to buy out of something. And so uh, it also has the uh, redemption, also has this thought, just a great word to study, to release on receipt of a ransom. ransom. And I like that word. I love it in Job where it says, we found a ransom. Amen. Boy, you, sometimes you hear about somebody getting kidnapped and trying to get that ransom, you know. Yeah, but thank God we found a ransom. So it means this, to release on receipt of a ransom. Matter, once the money's paid, all right, drop off the money there. No cops, right? And, and, then, uh, right? and then we'll release the boy. Hey, listen, thank God, amen, the ransom was paid and we were released. Redemption is a once-for-all transaction. 1 Timothy 2.6, it says this, who gave himself a ransom. Right there it is. He gave himself a ransom for all. That's everybody to be testified in due time. Hebrews 9, 12 says this, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. It's a one-time, full-time, all-the-time transaction that Jesus Christ did for you. 
And then it goes on to say, and again, uh, when you think of Ramson, right? So it goes right along with the, the, the next thought, the price paid for freeing a captive, right? We were, we were a slave to sin. We were a captive to sin. We were a captive to our own, our own lust, to our own heart. Again, the worst thing a man can be left to is what? His own heart. The Bible tells us that. So it's one thing, and here's the thing. It's one thing to make a purchase. It's another thing uh, uh, to set it free. So, you know, uh, 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 slaves were traded all the time. Slaves were purchased all the time, but they weren't set free all the time. <laughs> but they were purchased, right? They were swapped back and forth. So just because, so the, the excitement really isn't just the purchase, Right? even though we're glad he was willing to purchase, but it's the fact that he purchased and he's willing to, amen, uh, to deliver us and set us, uh, to set us free. You know, it all, it all works uh, uh, together, how exciting that is. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us. I always like that word, U.S. What's, uh, what's us? You, S, you and someone else, amen, U, S, you and someone else. That's what us is, right? Why? That he might redeem us from what? From all iniquity. He freed us from all iniquity. Purify unto himself a peculiar people. He, right, he, he freed us from all iniquity. He purified us. And what? He made us zealous of good works, of good works. And so he paid the price. He paid the ransom, right? He purchased us out of, and then he set us free by his grace. So once purchased, we're free. The Bible says, hey, you've been purchased. There's what? Now no condemnation. Now no condemnation. Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Another uh, good word uh, used in, uh, uh, for redemption is, this is a good one, is division. Division. I think that seems like a, right? Well, hey, that's what redemption does. It causes a division. It causes a division. A good example of that is Exodus 8, 23. Remember when the Lord's, uh, Lord's going to come in? And uh, you remember he gave all those plagues? And, 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 uh, and then he says, finally, I'm going to come down in Exodus 8, 23. And he says this, Exodus 8, 23. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Who's he talking about? Well, he's talking to, the, he's talking to a Pharaoh, right? Talking to the, the, the king of this world, Egypt. He says, I'll put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And so that shows us, hey, when we're, we're, we're being redeemed, we're being purchased, and there should be a clear division. There should be a clear division between the redeemed, the children of God, and the unbelieving world. Right. We've been we've been redeemed. We've been brought out. We've been purchased out. And so there should be a clear uh, 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 division, marked division uh, between us, between us. So here this is a wonderful thing. He came he came to buy us. Right. He came to ransom us. He came to uh, bring us out. He came to set us free. So uh, so he, he dealt with us in a positive way. But not only that. Right. Does he take care of us? And deal with us in a good way, but he also came to deal with our enemies. Say amen. So uh, those things that were destroying our life, amen, he came to deal with those as well. So he sets us free, and then he deals with our enemies. So uh, uh, another word used for redemption is the word avenge. 
avenge. Christ not only delivers us from our enemies, but he avenges us as well. I like these verses in Luke 18, 7, 8. They sort of give that thought. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear uh, with them long? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Now, of course, there's a context in those verses, but I just want to give you the thought that God likes to avenge, amen, uh, for his people. Let me give you some verses for that. Psalm 136, 24 says, He hath redeemed us from our enemies, from our enemies. So he delivers us from our enemies, and then he deals with our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. So he came to deliver us from our enemies, and then to destroy them, right? 1 John 3, 8 says this, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, notice this, for this purpose, well, we know, amen, he came to deliver us, that's the purpose, but there was also another purpose, to deliver us from our enemies and then destroy our enemies so they'd have no more power in our life. That for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that what? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2.14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he, what? Might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man, so he dealt with the devil, but we still have this old man, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. He delivered us from the devil. He delivered us from the power of sin. Amen. He destroyed their power over us. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Amen. He redeemed us. He delivered us. Amen. Uh, freed us from our enemies and he's destroying all of our enemies and the power that they have over our life. So I like that. The word destroyed means to render inactive. You know, yeah, I like that. You, you hear those uh, sometimes on, on, on cop shows or something when they have to take somebody out, they, they say, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, suspect neutralized or whatever. <laughs> Rendered inactive. That's what the Lord did. That's what the Lord did. When you got saved, he rendered the devil inactive, the power of the devil in your life. He rendered the power of sin in your life inactive, right? Right? It has no power. Amen. You got to love that. So when we think about redemption, we think about being redeemed, bought, bought out of, purchased, amen, uh, delivered, set free, and all those things, we realize redemption is the whole reason Christ came to earth. That's the whole reason he came, right? He did other things, but again, they did not distract from why he came. You know, a lot of people, they talk about, well, you know, follow Jesus' example. He, he fed the 5,000 and he healed. And uh, Thank God he did all those things. But again, that is not why he came. And I, we have to remind ourselves as missionaries, I've mentioned this before, hey, Listen, I went in and, and, and we fed whole villages. When, uh, when uh, uh, Kosovo was having a civil war, uh, I, I, we brought down supplies from Germany and we, 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 uh, uh, there was a, a, a Serbian pastor. Now, this, this, just, this, this was just amazing what the Lord did. Now, here we are. America is at war with Serbia, right? And we have the Kosovo crisis. 
So you had these uh, Air Force people flying sorties, right? They called them into Serbia, bombing areas. Matter of fact, they, they bombed the, the, the Baptist warehouse over there. Amen. That's why they didn't have supplies. <laughs> that was an accident. But so uh, when I was in Germany at that time, I wasn't pastoring yet, but I was going up and preaching at a NATO base. And I was preaching to pilots that were flying these sorties into Serbia. And then I left there and I brought a bunch of supplies down and through some gypsies that I knew on the border between Bulgaria and Serbia, I smuggled some supplies into the, the, uh, the, the Serbian believers, right? Uh, through some gypsies there uh, on the border. And then I came down a little further and went into the refugees camps of the people that were being killed and helped them out as well. And I said, you know, I said, that's how the Lord works. All these people fighting around the world and the Lord's going out here and he's helping. He's helping the, the people here and he's helping the people here and he's helping the people here. And he's helping all sides of, of that thing, trying to get them the gospel and, and, and help. And that was an amazing thing uh, uh, what the what the Lord did. But, hey, the Lord, amen, wants to help help everybody. But. As a missionary, and then I, you know, we went in and fed villages, and I, I, I don't know how many tons of clothes. But my point is, I was glad to do those things. We were glad to do those things. But that's not why I was there. I was there to preach the gospel, and I always reminded the people that I work. I said, "Listen, I, if I got it, I'll give it to you." But that's not why I'm here. My reason for being here is to preach the gospel and to, 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 to establish a local church for you in this community. And uh, uh, we need to, and we don't want to get sidetracked by that. We don't want to get sidetracked. And so the Lord gives us a good example that though he did other things, he never got sidetracked from his purpose on why he came. Uh, turn over to Luke 9, and, and I just want you to notice a couple of verses there. But while you're turning there, I want to read something else here. So again, redemption is the whole reason Christ came to earth. He did other things, but he came to redeem. Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's in the person of Christ Jesus. It's in the finished work of Christ Jesus. Now, okay, Luke 9, look at verse 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. Look at this. He what? Steadfastly. Look at this. Steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Right? Notice verse 52. And sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready. But notice what happens in verse 53. But they did not receive him. Why? Because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. It was set. That means fixed firmly. In other words, he knew it was time. And so he got, he got, he got zeroed in, if you will. He got locked in and said, hey, it's time, and I can't let anything distract me. And people noticed it. He was so focused in on his mission amen, that people noticed, hey, this guy, this guy's on a mission. This guy's trying to get somewhere. This guy's trying to get something done. Of course, the Lord, yes, he, wanted to, he was wanting to go, amen, uh, and, and, and pay the price for us. And so that's a, that's a wonderful thought there. The church must remember that we are here right for a purpose and we must set our face steadfastly toward that right set our face steadfastly toward that whatever it is that doesn't mean we can't do other things that doesn't mean we don't want to help people that doesn't mean we want to do things through but hey at that time for whatever reason he was going to jerusalem his face right was set steadfastly towards 
getting there. So we must do the same thing. We shouldn't get sidetracked. And, you know, we see a lot of people getting sidetracked. So in the act of redemption, right, we, what do we see there? We see the mighty power of God, the mighty power of God. Christ, of course, he had the right to redeem, and then he had the power to fulfill it, to get it done. Nehemiah 1.10 says this, Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. And who are we? We are the people that God has redeemed by his great power and by his strong hand. Amen. There is still power in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Christ does the work. Again, Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption, what? Through his blood. You know, a lot of the, 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 the modern uh, 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 perversions, they're changing the Colossians 1.14. They take the word blood out of Colossians 1.14. Look at a lot of the, the, the modern translation and you won't see the word blood. They take it out of that verse. Why would you take the word blood out of a, out of a, out of a verse? Just a, a side note there. But Revelations 1.5 says this, And from Jesus Christ, who was the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, amen, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Our sins, his blood. You see, you can't escape the blood. The Bible is a book of blood. People don't like to talk about it. They say, oh, well, that's messy. That's, you can't talk about that. No, in 2021, we still need to talk about the blood. From Genesis to Revelations, amen, the blood flows through the word of God. We're not ashamed of the blood. It's what cleansed us from all unrighteousness. We still believe there's power in the blood. So we still preach, amen, the blood, the book, the blessed hope, amen, as they say, right? And we still, we still preach that and we still believe it. You can't escape the blood. We don't want to escape the blood. We're thankful for the blood, amen, because it's the blood of Jesus Christ. Is what? Why are you still saved today? Why are you still clean today? Because the blood is working on your behalf right now, right? 1 John chapter 1. So no one else or can or could redeem us because without Christ in ourselves, we're helpless and we're hopeless on our own. I like this verse, Psalm 49, 7. Psalm 49, 7 says this, as we finish up, none of them, look at this, can by any means redeem his brother. I like that. By any means. <laughs> but there's, there's, you just can't do it. There's no other way. By any means, no man by any means can redeem his brother, nor give a, nor, look at this, or, nor give to God a ransom for him. Isn't that a wonderful verse? No man can redeem his brother or give God a ransom. Think about that. Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know all these rich guys with uh, untold billions. Look at they could they could they could look at they could say, uh, 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 "Listen, God, I'm I'm getting near I'm getting near death. You can have my whole bank account if you just let me in." I just say no. That 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 don't work around here. Amen. There's only the only thing that has the only things that have purchasing power. Amen. Are the blood of Jesus Christ and faith. Amen. In the finished work, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 8, Psalm 49, for the redemption of their soul is precious. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Amen. The redemption of your soul to Jesus Christ 
is precious. To God is precious. To the Holy Spirit is precious. And so, amen, your soul is precious to God, and we need to make people's souls precious to us as we try to reach them. Ephesians 2.12, that at the time you were what? Without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, what? Having no hope and without God. You see, when you're without Christ, you're without God. When you're without Christ, you're without hope. Amen. It's all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. You see, Christ is what? Our kinsman redeemer. And when you look at the Bible, a, kin a kinsman could do at least three things. A kinsman could do at least three things. He could purchase a forfeited inheritance. Amen. He could purchase a forfeited inheritance. That's what we did. He could ransom one. He could ransom one of his brothers from the bondage of a foreigner. And he could avenge the death of a slain kinsman. Amen. He could avenge. Amen. He could ransom. He could purchase. Amen. That's what our kinsman redeemer did. He purchased, he ransomed, and he avenged. Amen. On our behalf. So, but redemption is more than just a mere purchase. Because again, a purchase is simply a change of ownership. Redemption also implies a change of state and condition. So not only did he purchase us, amen, he changed our state, our standing, and our condition through redemption. Romans 6, 22 says, But now being made what? Free from sin and become servants. You see, he changed your standing. He's changed your condition. You were made free from sin. Become servants to God. What? And have your fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. Boy, look at what all that one verse hits. When it, talking about changing your state and condition. You're free from sin. You're servants to God. You can now bear the fruit of holiness. And in the end, amen, everlasting life. So thank God. We have been redeemed. And when we've been redeemed and delivered from one, again, all iniquities, we've been the curse of the law, the power of sin, bondage, evil, destruction, death, hell, and so much more. Redemption. What did it bring to us? It brought us justification. It brought, it, 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 it imparted forgiveness to us. It prepared us, amen, for that other great doctrine of adoption. It purified us and it makes us gods. And then it also, what? Brings joy and a holy walk, amen? Brings joy and a holy walk. So I finish with this verse. You know it. Psalm 107, verse 2. What's it say? Somebody tell me. Sister McLean probably knows. Sister McCain, McLean, whatever it is, amen. Sister McLean, you know it, sister. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, amen, whom he hath redeemed from the, ha from the hand of the enemy. So you know what you need to do the rest of this week and the rest of your life? Just go out and say so, amen. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, amen. Go out and say so, amen, and say it's so, amen. I want to say so, and I want to say it so. I've been redeemed, how I love to proclaim it and tell others. Amen. Listen, let me tell you about that great doctrine of redemption, what Jesus did. Amen. He bought me. He bought me from. Amen. He paid my ransom. He delivered me. He didn't just purchase me. He changed my standing. He changed my condition. Amen. He changed my destiny. He took away my sins and so many things he did. Amen. And the great thing known as redemption. 
Let's pray.